farming in the age of COVID, a challenge, certainly. There were a lot of fears all along. We talked about a lot of them here on the program. Uh, Being able to bring crops in, get the work done, keep people safe at the same time, keep the coronavirus from spreading. How is it all going to work? And... I think a lot of farms at this point, obviously, there's still some fruit harvest happening in eastern Washington. A lot of things still kind of wrapping up for the year yet. But a lot of people are to the point where they're breathing a little bit of a sigh of relief that they've been able to at least keep things going, even though, you know, I know it hasn't been easy. But there's been a bit of controversy over, well, you know, is COVID spreading in farm worker populations you know the folks working on farms because of the kind of work that they have to do uh, is this you know putting people into a bad situation is it not safe is this causing um and this was particularly in for instance the yakima area other parts of eastern washington where a lot of folks working in the fields harvesting and and preparing fields for harvest uh, for the tree fruit uh world over there um, well, obviously we had our issues here locally with raspberries and blueberries. Those folks were under pressure to, to, to figure this out, make sure there wasn't a big spreading event of sickness because people were working in the field together. And, and there were, there was the belief at one point that a lot of that was, you know, a lot of these outbreaks that I, I was mentioning came from farm workers working too close together. At least that was the spin that activist groups put on it. But what was the truth? More is coming to light about this. And the way the activists were spinning, as it turns out, was fake news. Now that we have more and more data on what was really happening, joining us right now uh, on the farming show this morning, Dylan Honkoop is my name, our guest right now, Gerald Barron, uh, Executive Director of Save Family Farming, the organization I work for. And Gerald, a very fascinating letter published um, in an Eastern Washington publication just a few days ago uh, from a health official there, a government official saying, hey, there, were, there was politics going on here. There was fake news being spread by people with political motives trying to accuse farms of spreading disease. Explain what, what was going on here. Yeah, uh, thanks, Dylan, for uh, having me on here. And this is an important subject to be talking about uh, today as well. Um, the health official uh, did not use the term fake news, just to be clear. But uh, she published, Lori Jones is her name. She's with the Okanagan uh, Department of Health. And she published a letter, a guest editorial in the Quad City Herald News, um, oh, October 10, I think it was, in which she called on um, the community to stop spreading misinformation and showing bias as it relates to um, farms and, uh, and COVID-related illnesses. Um, but, you know, to understand the importance of what she's really saying, uh, we need to go back and take a look at what was really going on here. Um, the uh, situation here involves Geber's Farm, which is farms, which is one of the largest family farms in Washington State. 
state growing a lot of apples and a lot, a lot of other uh, fruit products. And so uh, out of Brewster, Washington. And um, I think it was in July that Gebbers sadly experienced the loss of three of their employees, uh, two guest workers who were there seasonally and one longtime uh, employee of the farm uh, to COVID. Uh, this became the opportunity for the activists led by Rosalinda Guillen of Bellingham and her community to community organization, uh, which is a worker center, uh, front for labor unions and her labor union, FUJ, uh, to um, jump on the story that far, uh, this, these farm workers are exposed to extreme risks because of doing this, uh, doing the work on these farms. And so that's the story that went out. It became a sort of national news. The State Department of Labor and Industry, which had refused to come out to the farm and validate the practices that they had put in place, even before the state rules came out, uh, as soon as the um, the activists uh, got the media coverage that they were looking for about this, then the State Department of Labor jumps in and says, oh, yeah, this is a bad situation, and we got to come in with a heavy hand. Well, it turns out none of it was true. What the state, uh, what the uh, local officials, now are reporting not only in the letter that uh, Lori Jones sent, but in an article that was published yesterday in the Wenatchee Herald. Uh, we'll put that up on our website so people can see it. She said uh, that the local health officials were trying to communicate to the state that these illnesses that were are being experienced among farm workers are are um, mostly related to social and community interactions. It's not the farm work. The truth is, and we've seen this over and over, uh, farmers have been doing an outstanding job of implementing the rules of, of taking a lot of proactive measures to protect their workers. But that does not mean that their workers are not exposed to COVID, particularly in their uh, living arrangements. Either uh, you know, which a lot of them are off the farm and um you know in their social interactions even if they're on the farm and uh, mm -hmm. and farmer provided housing uh, the farmers can't control the kind of social interactions that happen, um, you know, away from work. And that's what this, uh, this health, these health officials from Okanagan County are trying to communicate. Um, and they said they tried to communicate that to the state. But, of course, the state wanted to, State Department of Labor and Industries wanted to ride in as if they're the uh, white knight and, um, you know, make the farm look as bad as they could. It's really a sad situation. And now as it, more and more information is coming to light, it's becoming clear that farmers overall have done an outstanding job of protecting their workers. Uh, and while there have been um, a significant number of cases in the Hispanic community, in the Latino community, and within the farm worker community, the facts are showing, whether it's in Yakima or now in Okanagan County with Gebers uh, Farms, is that these illnesses are mostly related to community and social interactions. It's really sad that these union activists led by Rosalinda Guillen and United Farm Workers as well have tried to leverage uh, very cynically in our mind and very dishonestly tried to leverage the uh, the tragedies mm -hmm. of the pandemic for their own political gain. And what's even it's, it's, more sad and frustrating is that the state continually jumps to their tune. When is the state going to understand that when these people open their mouths, they are not telling the truth? It's, it's very, very clear, and yet they, they, they jump to their tune as if everything that they say is right. And you're talking about the activist groups when you say that, that just can't seem to tell the truth. Is, this, is, this is like deja vu, really, from what happened here in Whatcom County just a few years ago, where a worker 
tragically passed away for something entirely unrelated to then the accusations that ended up coming from these very same people, the very same group, uh, Familias Unidas por la Justicia, FUJ, and Community to Community Development, led by Rosalinda Guillen, again, made a bunch of terrible accusations, got a bunch of people upset, very worried about feeling like this farm must be a terrible place. Uh, and, and I'm talking about the situation here in Whatcom County, but it's exactly paralleled by what just happened this summer uh, over there in Brewster uh, and in Okanagan County. Um, got a lot of people upset with his farm, got the, the, you know, enough people stirred up that the state got involved and in saying that they were going to do something and crack down on this farm. And then the whole story unravels and it, it was all based on false and all, all the details weren't true. It, it happened here locally. It happened now uh, with this Gebbers situation. And that's what was going on when those workers passed away. Right away, it was, oh, how horrible uh, this farm must be. And they were, they were you know, put on the defensive. I, you know, I, they were blamed, essentially, um, by these groups for killing people. Again, same situation is here, and now we find out it wasn't true at all. This um, uh, this public health director, Lori Jones, in Okanagan County, who says this, and her term was it became a political issue rather than based on the data, she uncovered some fascinating numbers about the actual rate of infection at Geber's Farms as compared to the surrounding community. Yeah, that's uh, that's an important part of the story, Dylan, is that when the uh, illnesses occurred at Geber's, the state health officer, John Wiseman, ordered that all workers at Geber's Farms be tested. So they tested all the workers and they found that 0.7%, that's 0.7%, that's less than 1% of all the farm workers working at Geber's farm uh, tested positive for COVID. Now, that's pretty good, except when you look at the, um, at the normal, the, the numbers nationally of all the people tested for COVID, 5% are found positive. So it's a tiny so, fraction it, of what other places are experiencing. Right. So it, it showed that the f farm workers at Geber's Farms, and I, I suspect this is true on, um, on most of the farms as well, um, were, uh, have less COVID exposure than, than, the, uh, you know, than the typical person. So these farmers have been doing an outstanding job. Uh, they've been following the rules of some very stringent rules that the state put in place. But what's really kind of sad about that, and Gebers is a perfect example, is that they had put in place some, uh, they had hired a highly qualified epidemiologist when this uh, um, outbreak first occurred, not the outbreak, but when the pandemic first occurred, mm -hmm. right. in order to put their plans in place to how they're going to protect their workers from becoming ill. So they were very, very proactive. Now, this is well before the state came out with its rules and, and restrictions and everything like that. So they were being very proactive. They put some uh, excellent measures in place. And of course, the results are, are, are obvious. What's really frustrating, and again, um, I don't mean to be too hard on the State Department of Labor and Industries, but their behavior in this particular case is really egregious. It's, it's really disgusting because the farm requested – when the state put in rules, you can say if you have other rules that you think are protective, uh, request a variance. They put in a var for a variance for all these um, guidelines that they had put in place. And as I understand it, they had requested t twice that the state come in, take a look at what they were doing, and approve their, their, um, uh, their measures. 
the state refused to do that or did not do it or ignored it. And oh. then as soon as it became a political issue, thanks to the union activists, then the state jumps in and says, oh, um, Gebers Farm is not in compliance with the regulations. It's complete. Um, it, it, it's really disgusting behavior on the part of the State Department of Labor and Industries. And it's all because they think it's to their political advantage to jump to the tune, to the to the lies that Rosalinda Guillen, FUJ, and UFW have been putting out. So what we're trying to do at, with at Safe Family Farming is expose the fact that these people cannot be trusted. When they open their mouth, they do not know the truth. They are not speaking the truth. And it's time that the state start understanding that. It's time that members in the community start understanding that. They have a very clear and compelling motive. They want farmers, growers to sign their union agreements. They think by stopping workers from um, from being hired by these farms, especially guest workers, uh, that they can that they can create an even greater crisis in labor shortage, and therefore make their uh, their their union um, uh, you know a, a more attractive yeah. and and force these union. They want to extract pay from these workers' paychecks, and these workers we know do not want that. Uh, but that's what they're trying to do, and it's really sad and, and disappointing when you see members of our community and certainly some of our state leaders um, not recognizing or ignoring the very personal financial motive that Rosalinda Guillen has and the people who are involved in uh, what she's doing have and the fact that uh, she continues to provide false information when the facts are very clear. It's, so we, we, are, we are committed to doing everything we can to expose what uh, what these what this false information is, and to let our state voters and our state uh, leaders uh, understand that these people are harming the very people who say they're out trying to help. Mm. Rosalind again, uh, since 2013, has been trying to stop guest workers from coming into the state. That's the basis in which she uh, attacked Sakuma Farms when they hired a handful of guest yep. workers. Uh, and that's what she, uh, when she went to the state, she sued the state because Governor Inslee refused her demand to stop all guest workers from coming in. It would have absolutely destroyed the harvest, but even worse, it would have stopped 20 to 22,000 workers who depend, coming in mostly from Mexico, who absolutely mm. depend on these jobs. These jobs, that, when they come and work here from Mexico, they earn fifteen eighty-three an hour minimum wage. Most of them earn twenty to twenty-five dollars an hour based upon incentive pay. Now you take that fifteen eighty-three an hour, and they have to work. Well, we compare that to the seventy-nine cents per hour that they can get working on Mexican farm fields. Wow! These same workers would have to work eleven years full time to to make what they earn in four to five months working on our farms on in Washington farms. They are highly protected by the most stringent worker protection regulations of any worker category. Yeah. And um, and they are getting paid the highest farm worker wages in the nation here. So all that she says about slave labor and uh, these workers being exploited, she's harming these very workers by taking yeah, away their jobs. She wants to take away that opportunity for them to actually make money that can change the future of their families. Why would you want to deny those people that opportunity? Why would you want to stoke really what what amounts to xenophobia for people coming here from Mexico to to take advantage of an opportunity like this she's trying she's trying to convince people that they were the ones spreading disease here 
when it, none of it was true. And, and uh, you talk about Sakuma, so many lies that we've documented that she told there. What happened at Sarbanan Farms in Sumas, so many lies there. This bunk bed issue earlier this year, so many lies documented there. How many more things need to be documented before the state stops falling for their baloney. Uh, it, it, it is absolutely crazy. Gerald Barron, executive director of Save Family Farming, sharing this uh, with us. I imagine uh, we're going to have some stuff at savefamilyfarming.org that folks can check out to read more in depth on this. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we'll, we're, we're, again, putting some information together. And there's going to be additional information because um, of things that are going on at the state level. And again, um, uh, Rosalinda Guillen has uh, demonstrated uh, that, uh, that uh, she does not, uh, she can't distinguish between truth and lies. So uh, it's, it's really our job to make sure that the state understands that and that voters understand. You know, Dylan, listening to you and probably people listening to me think, it uh, sounds like we're pretty angry about this. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. But if you think we're angry about it, um, the farmers and growers that we work with across the state are absolutely furious with um, the way in which Rosalinda Guillen and United Farm Workers have worked to demonize them, have worked to communicate the message that these are awful people who are mistreating their employees. It's absolutely ridiculous. These farmers and growers uh, need these employees, and these employees need these jobs. And they're, uh, and Rosalind again, and these, uh, and the people who work with her, such as Ramon Torres, are trying to drive a wedge between that. And they're doing that by trying to uh, create the impression uh, that these farmers and growers are just horrible, awful people that are abusing and exploiting their workers. It simply isn't true. And the, the farmers and growers are, have had enough of it, and they are, um, um, getting involved in mm -hmm. making certain that our state understands it, that our state leaders understand it, that the Department of Labor and Industries understands it, that the Employment Security Department understands it, and most of all, that the voters who vote these people into office and their political bosses into office, that they understand that the, these union activists um, are not working on behalf of the farm workers. They're working to harm the opportunity that these farm workers need in order to change their lives and make their families' lives better. Gerald, thank you for your time this morning. We are out of time again. Gerald Barron, Executive Director, Save Family Farming. Dylan Honkoop here with you on The Farming Show. Gerald, thanks for your time this morning. Thank you.